0: I'm sure many of you recognize that short excerpt from the intro of the 2000 Disturbed song, Down With The Sickness. I felt that was fitting because that's the title of the episode, and also because the noises that he's making during that short excerpt is pretty much how I've sounded for the last several days. Why? Well, maybe you can tell. Maybe you can notice Jeff's a little stuffy. Jeff's not feeling so well. I've been fighting a horrible sinus infection for several days now. actually started probably almost a week ago, but really hit me on my Monday. It is now Wednesday evening, and I'm quite certain that it has to do with the fact that Ohio and its shitty-ass temperature fluctuations, well, a few weeks ago, the highs were in the low 40s during the daytime even, with some days we saw snow. Not a lot, but little flurries. Then the week after that, it was mid-70s. Week after that, low 50s. Week after that, this current week, mid to high 60s. What? a wide, wide world of sports is going on here. So these fluctuations ain't doing much good for my sinuses. This is not going to be the longest episode of my podcast because right now, unless I have to cancel it, I am scheduled to perform a gig on Friday for three hours, assuming that I still have a voice after all of the hacking and sneezing. Oh, <laughs> that I have been doing and will probably continue to do up until the show on Friday. But don't worry, we're going to get into great detail about my snottiness, my sinuses, and my overall feeling of shit. Yay! But first, a couple things I want to discuss. So, while I have been relatively laid up for the last several days doing almost nothing and sleeping very long stretches, I've been watching a little bit more of the boob tube than I normally would, and last night I started watching a documentary on Netflix called Aftershock, which is about the 2015 earthquake in Nepal. And to be quite honest with you, I don't remember ever hearing anything about this. It's a three-part documentary, and I've made it through the first two parts, and then finally I had to go to bed last night because I was exhausted and sick. But my point being is this was a pretty horrific earthquake that had pretty tragic consequences, and it's just so odd how, especially for, like, natural disasters like this, we as human beings don't necessarily know or care that much about shit that happens if it's not happening directly to us compared to, say, some of the man made disasters in recent history, like 9-11, or right now, the Ukraine invasion from Russia. So let's look at the comparison of deaths and injuries of the Nepal earthquake and the over 300 aftershocks that happened, 9-11, and Ukraine invasion. And you tell me what you feel, in the end, you should have probably had a better knowledge about, or should have been more strongly reported on. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying I'm comparing these things any more devastating as the other. I'm just talking about the way the media reports things, or the way that we remember things. And yeah, of course, like 9-11, so if you're an American citizen, that impacted you because it was a terrorist attack on our soil, which was at the time unheard of almost. Not totally unheard of, almost. So the attacks on 9-11 resulted in 2,997 deaths with over 6,000 people injured. Okay, that's a lot of deaths, a lot of injuries. Let's talk about... the current invasion of Ukraine by Russia which has resulted in 6,374 civilian Ukraine deaths and almost 10,000 civilians injured. Now let's look at the Nepal earthquake of 2015, not that long ago. Approximately 9,000 people were killed. That's basically the same as 9-11 and the Ukraine invasion up to this point combined. There were over 100,000 wounded, which is 84,000 more than Ukraine and 9-11 combined. So that's a pretty significant and substantial loss of life and injury. for that one natural disaster in that one event Yet again, I'm going to assume, just like me, that most of you, when I'm talking about this, you're like, yeah, I don't really remember that, Jeff. But it's just something, you know, that strikes me odd. It's kind of interesting how we prioritize things in our mind or how we pay attention to certain things and put weight on certain things. Or perhaps it's because the media drives certain things and don't think that Ukraine and 9-11 don't think the media reporting of that did not have political implications. Not just in voting, but going to war, money needed, and things like that, the approval the support of Americans, wasn't really a whole lot of any interest or support from Americans needed for the 2015 Nepal earthquake, so they probably didn't really report on it that much. In fact, in 2015, the only thing anyone heard about was Trump versus Hillary. That's all that was in the media. That's why we probably don't remember this Nepal earthquake, because everyone was more concerned with this one presidential election than 9,000 people dying and 100,000 people being injured due to a natural disaster on the other side of the earth. That's fucked up and a little selfish, but I don't necessarily blame us. I blame the media because they are piles of self-serving shit. Speaking of elections, I want to point out that if you are listening to this on the day that it comes out, which I believe would be November 7th, then tomorrow is a voting day here in America.
1: If tomorrow all the things were gone, I'd work for all my life.
0: It is a midterm election, so halfway between presidential election cycles, but still a lot of opportunities to change the shift of power in Congress, which would be Senate and the House of Representatives, and honestly, that's where all of the power lies. Anyone who thinks that the president or the vice president carry that much power, totally wrong. So the fact that we were all so obsessed with Hillary versus Trump, it really didn't matter that much. What really matters is who is in the Senate and who is in the House, who is running our Congress. They are the ones that make the decisions. They are the ones that pass the laws. They are the ones that present the ideas and present the laws. I'm not saying the president or vice president don't still have some sense of power, but it is minimal compared to what you might think. Also, speaking of elections, I recently discovered that if you are registered as independent in the United States, in most instances, you are not allowed to vote for a presidential primary. So you can't vote either Democratic or Republican to figure out who's going to be the final candidate if you're registered as independent. In fact, in California, if I'm reading my information correctly, you're allowed to vote for a primary if you're registered independent, but you're not allowed to vote for president without express permission from either party. What? What does this mean? That means that if you are an independent registered voter in the United States, you have less voting rights than Republicans and Democrats. That's messed up. And just another way that Republicans and Democrats can help ensure that independents never really sway the dial that much and they can maintain their power in one form or another.
1: You've had plenty of time already. Yeah. If you are really great and powerful, you keep your promises. Do you presume to criticize the great Oz, you ungrateful creatures?
0: I've been registered Republican ever since I registered to vote decades ago because I was raised in a conservative Republican household. Doesn't mean I've always voted Republican. I vote with the what I vote the way that I think is the best decision or the best person or the best bill or issue.
1: If you've got an issue, here's a tissue.
0: I would like to switch my registration to be independent, but now I'm on the fence. Do I want to do that and lose some of my voting power? It is quite the conundrum, but they put a 30-day restriction on switching parties, so it's not like I could switch parties before the midterm anyway, because if I tried to, I wouldn't be eligible to vote, I don't think, because I would be in some floater status because I would be switching less than 30 days prior to the midterm election, in which I do plan on voting. Alright, before getting into horrible detail about my current sickness, I want to remind everybody that the next two episodes are going to be best of episodes of basically the last 47 ish episodes, which will lead up to my 100th special episode three weeks from now. As always, don't forget you can go follow me on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, or Facebook at JeffBecomesJeff. All right, so back to my sickness. Oh, So I've had terrible sinuses for decades, and I'm prone to getting one or two pretty significant sinus infections every single year. One of them usually happens right around this time of year when the freaking Ohio temperatures fluctuate, making zero sense following zero season, and typically, for whatever reason, the other time if I get a sinus infection, usually around mid-February. So that doesn't have to do with temperature fluctuation. Not sure why that is a consistent time. It just is. However, for almost three years, I haven't had so much as a cold, sniffles, nothing. Now, I suspect that most of that is due to the fact that for a long time over the last several years, we were all inside, keeping to ourselves, keeping distanced, wearing masks... so the likelihood to just catch basic bacterial or viral infections whether minor or major were incredibly limited in fact I was actually relatively surprised that in my first eight months working at the school that I didn't catch so much as a sniffle or cold being around kids between the ages of four and 17 of course then I take six weeks off from the school I return and within one week I got sick those little mongrels actually I don't blame the kids it's probably bacterial it's just that time of year for me but the last time that I got sick would have been in late February of 2020. Sound like a familiar time? Oh. I had just gotten off a cruise. Ah! Oh, I wonder if it was COVID, Jeff. Yeah, I wonder. Probably. Now, late February 2020, everyone was like, well, COVID is not in the U.S. yet. No one has anything to worry about. That's why they were still allowing people to go on cruises. But I will tell you that I was laid up for almost a week, and it was bad. And it was a lot different than my sinus infections. Of course, back then, because no one really expected that COVID was in America.
1: Where at least I know.
0: There were no tests, there was no treatments, there was nothing COVID related, so I just had to literally up, sweat it out. So, let me tell you about this particular sinus infection. You're welcome. So, I don't know, again, like five, six days ago, I started to feel eh. A little sniffly from time to time, certain times of the day. By Saturday, I woke up, I felt like I had a little sinus drainage in my chest, maybe a little light cough in the morning. Then Sunday morning, I woke up, a little bit extra drainage, nothing major, but I coughed a few times and I got some chunky stuff up. (coughs) And I was like, all right, I'm going to be proactive before this turns into a full-blown sinus infection. And I couldn't take any of the medicine that I had in my house because since it had been years since I had had anything, all of the medicine that I had in my house was expired. So Sunday, I went out to be proactive, and I bought a sinus medicine, daytime medicine, and NyQuil. Again, other than a little stuffiness, I seemed perfectly fine Sunday and Sunday night. I woke up Monday. And apparently at some point during the night, Sunday, my sinuses had a private meeting and said, Alright gents, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go from sniffles and coughs to full-blown sinus infection, and we're going to fuck his life up for at least the next three days. Alright, Captain! and luckily the school was very limited on Monday, so I only had two hours worth of lessons because that was trick-or-treat, so we basically closed the school early. By the time I was done with my last lesson, I was starting to feel chills, like shivery chills, and I'm like, I just gotta get home. Went home, by the time I went to bed Monday night, my temperature was just over 103, so pretty high. I was already guessing that there's a good chance I'm not going to school tomorrow because I know what the CDC guidelines are. You should not report to work, especially if you're working around children, if you haven't been free of a fever for at least 24 hours. And at this point, because it was Monday night and I needed to be at the school at four o'clock the next afternoon, there was no way in hell I was gonna pass that 24 hour test. But I'm like, who knows, maybe I'll have a total just breaking fevers left and right in the night and I'll wake up just, this is my miserable day and I'm gonna wake up feeling better. My sleep that night was awful. So let's start out with the fact that before I went to bed, I took a shot of NyQuil just to help me get through the night with as minimal stuffiness and coughing as possible. And as I'm setting my phone on the charger next to my bed, I had a couple coughs, nothing major, just like a, (coughs) but it was kind of a powerful cough. And the second of the two coughs started to create this feeling of, I'm going to throw up. And I'm inching my way towards my bathroom thinking, all right, this isn't going to turn out well, but I'm trying to, I stop. I'm like, I'm not going to go in the bathroom. I'm going to force myself to push this back down because I just took NyQuil. If I throw it up, I'm just, it, there's no way it's in my system yet. But 30 seconds later, I had to run into the bathroom, spent the next several minutes just throwing up NyQuil or basically dry heaving because I'd barely eaten that day. Oh, now stop this- <laughs> But my sleep Monday night was awful. I mean, chills like you wouldn't believe, skin sensitivity, heat like you wouldn't believe under the covers, despite the chills, needing to blow my nose or cough and spit into a cup. I have no idea how often that happened, but it sure felt like it was like maybe every 10 to 15 minutes, so not a restful sleep. Finally, earlier the next day, on Tuesday, I sent a message to the owner of the school and said, yeah, I'm not gonna be there today. After sending that message, I put the phone back down, went back to sleep. In the end, I ended up sleeping almost 18 hours straight, did almost nothing yesterday, and was starting to feel a little better. My my fever was gone at that point, or at least it was down into the low 99s, which CDC guidelines say as long as it's under 100, for more than 24 hours, you're safe to return to work, which that put me in a position where I was okay to return to work today. <laughs> But for the eight or nine hours that I was up downstairs yesterday, I didn't feel great. I felt better. What? I felt less fevered than I did the day before, but I was still doing a lot of hacking, occasionally sneezing, a lot of nose blowing. And then unfortunately, when I finally went to bed, I probably was awake for two to three hours laying in bed because I had just previously slept for like 18 hours and then had only been awake for like eight or nine hours before trying to go back to sleep. Now, I do feel better today than I did yesterday, but if I had woken up Monday after a relatively normal Sunday, it's Friday, feeling like I do today, I would have told you I feel friggin' miserable. So it's all a matter of comparison to Monday and Tuesday. <laughs>
1: What the fuck was
0: that?! Also, I will tell you that I hate fever dreams. I've been having fever dreams since I was a kid, whenever I'm sick. My fever dreams are... they're not nightmares. They're just hard to explain, but they're monotonous, they're... They don't really ever seem to make any kind of sense, but I'm stuck in this cycle. And I remember Monday night when my fever was at its peak, I kept waking up to cough or blow my nose. And then I'd try and go back to sleep and I'd immediately picture the dream that I had just left because I'd kept going back into this same weird dream where I was looking at these cubes that were all these different colors and I don't know, it, it didn't make any sense. I hate fever dreams. So, again, I'm trying to preserve my voice. I feel still relatively awful. I did not want to not put an episode out. I know this one's going to be short, not very interesting or funny. Sorry about that. It's better than nothing. But moving forward, if there is a circumstance where I can't do a podcast and you just realize there's no podcast on Monday, just realize there was a reason I couldn't do a podcast or I have died. Thank you for continuing to tune in. Don't forget we have the best of episodes coming up the next two weeks, followed by the 100th anniversary episode episode Yay! Until next time. I'm Jeff.
1: Up, let shout. Up, it off, your swear
0: and <coughs> I'm Jeff. Good night. <laughs>
1: To the devil and I prayed, and I showed him the mess that I've made, and I cried and I cried and I cried a million times over, but the devil just laughed in my face. I went to the God of Fire and said, Can you turn the heat? over, but he just covered me with water, so I went to the Lord of the Sea, said, won't you come wash over me, cause the roads and the woods have been winding a million times over, but she receded from. And then I laughed in his face. And then I saw the guy. I'm going